Good morning, friends. Again, it's uh, October the 19th. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, I'm in chapter 18 of Dane Ortland's book, Gentle and Lowly. And he entitles this chapter, Yearning Bowels, B-O-W-E-L-S. Taken from Jeremiah 31, verse 20, where he, the scriptures that we are reading out of say, My heart yearns for him. <clears throat> Jeremiah, uh, there's 50 some chapters in his book, and the, uh, the first 29, he is recounting. Israel's sins. It took 29 chapters to get them all. <clears throat> That's pretty sad. But in chapters 30 through 33, it's called the, the Book of Consolation. Um, and Dane goes on to say, because God reveals to his people in these chapters his final response to the sinfulness, and it's not what they deserve. Expecting judgment, he surprises them with comfort. Why? Because he had pulled them into his heart, and they cannot send their way out of it. I have loved you with an everlasting love, uh, he assures them in 31.3. <clears throat> um, like I said, nine, 29 chapters recounting Israel's sordid sinfulness. Uh, I won't go through them all. But if he was doing hours, he'd probably take 29 chapters too. Maybe even more. And so on through these 29 chapters. But then on the other side, the, the 29 was their sinfulness. And then three chapters, or fourth, 30, 31, 32, 33, on consolation. And then the rest of the book is judgment against the nations. <clears throat> but in the center of the book, um, in these four chapters, Dane says perhaps the text that sums up all best is in uh, chapter 31, verse 20. And it says, Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he my darling child? For as often as I speak against him, I do remember him still. Therefore my heart yearns for him, and I will surely have mercy on him, declares the Lord. <clears throat> Ephraim is another word for Israel, God's people. Uh, and he asks, is he my darling child? He's not wondering. It's a declaration, actually. Uh, his people are his dear son, even his darling child. Think of that way with you. You're his darling child. Uh, those of you who've had kids, especially grandkids, <laughs> they just there's a love for them that, and if things are going bad with them, you feel so deeply about it. And that's what he's talking about here. 
He said, for as often as I speak against him, um, 29 chapters worth, I do remember him. Remember him is not uh, ability to recall. Uh, remember here is a covenant language. It's relational. Uh, and this remembering is not the alternative to forgetting, but the alternative to forsaking. I remember him. I cannot forsake him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. Heart, and uh, there's a Hebrew word for heart, L-E-V, uh, which is often used. But here, uh, Jeremiah uses a different word. He says uh, it's M-E-A-H, but it literally refers to the inside of a person. And that's why the King James actually translated it, bowels. Um, I won't tell you where it's used, otherwise you can read it in the book. But uh, he said, my heart yearns for him. What does it mean to yearn? It's something different than to bless or save or love. It's a, it's a root word uh, from Hebrew. It has its root in uh, being restless or agitated or, or growling or just something deep inside. Um, his affection for his own is not threatened by their faithfulness or their fickleness, rather, not faithfulness. He says, I will surely have mercy on him. That's like a double name. I mean, I'll, I'll, it's not just I'll have mercy, but I'll surely have mercy. Uh, the yearning heart of God delivers and re-delivers sinners who find themselves drowning in the sewage of their life. 29 chapters deep in this case. <clears throat> so who do you, Dane asked the question, who do you perceive him to be in your sin and your sufferings. Who do you think God is? Not just on paper, but the kind of person you believe is hearing you when you pray. How does he feel about you? That's what we're talking about here. Uh, it's a matter of yearning, not yearning <clears throat> for the you that you project, project to everyone around you, not the you that you wish you were, he yearns for the real you. Uh, when you, uh, every part. He says, out of his heart flows mercy. But ours remains reluctant to receive it. Um, God's heart confounds our intuitions of who he is. He Dane's been saying that all through the book, but it's so true. <clears throat> Thomas Goodwin, that Puritan that we've talked about, deduces that uh, this is the true God. And let me read what uh, Goodwin says. There is comfort concerning such infirmities, 
in that your very sin moves him to pity more than to anger. Christ takes part with you and is far from being provoked against you as all his anger is turned upon your sin to ruin it. Yea, his pity is increased the more towards you, even as the heart of a father to, the ch to a child that has some loathsome disease or as one is to a member of his body that has leprosy. He hates not the member, for it's his flesh, but the disease. And that provokes him to pity the part affected the most. Which shall not make for us when our sins that are both against Christ and us shall be turned as motives to him to pity us the more. Interesting. These guys start deeply. Uh, the greater the misery is, the more the pity when the party is loved, beloved. Um, so when we, when we sin, we think he would be angry at us. <clears throat> He's angry at us sin, and he aims to remove it from us, to ruin it, he says. And he has ways of ruining our sin but saving us. Some of us separate our sins from our sufferings. We're uh, culpable for our sins, whereas our sufferings, much of it anyway, is simply what befalls us in the world, ruined by the fall. So we, have, we tend to have a greater difficulty expecting God's gentle compassion towards our sins in the same way as he would our sufferings. Surely his heart flows more freely when I'm sinned against than when I sin myself. But in Goodwin's logic, which I agree with, um, our greatest misery is our sin, and God's most intense love flows down to us in our sinfulness. Yes, God has hatred, Goodwin says, but it's towards sin, not us. Um, we're yearning for a love that remembers us instead of forsakes us. And that love isn't tied to our loveliness. <laughs> Is that true or not? Uh, it... The prophet Isaiah was, not Isaiah, Jeremiah was uh, giving us a picture. And if that picture had flesh put on it, what would it look like? <clears throat> well, it looked like Jesus. Um, he came restoring men's and women's dignity, humanity, health, and uh, bringing salvation, forgiveness to them. Um, the Father sent his dear son to uh, die on a Roman cross. He poured out his blood, innocent for the guilty, 
so that God can say of us, I remember him still. I remember him still. He remembers us. And, uh, and on the cross we see what God did to satisfy his yearning for us. He went that far. He went all the way. So repent of your small thoughts of God's heart. Repent, Dane says, <clears throat> and let him love you. Wow. <laughs> when we know ourselves, we know we, we don't deserve this, <clears throat> but it has nothing, deserve has nothing to do with it. We get, as we come to him, we get loved. He remembers us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. His mercies are new this day for all our needs. God bless you. Lord willing, I'll see you tomorrow with chapter 19. Goodbye.